0: Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And today on the podcast, "Cooking with Bruce and Mark, we are making one of my absolute favorite things. Oh my God, I beg for this. (laughs) I don't get it because it only takes 500 years to make. And when we go, we, if you don't know, live very rurally in New England. And when we go into New York City, which we do about once a month, I often say what I want more than anything is a big bowl of... Ramen. Ramen. So, ramen
1: is a Japanese noodle soup, but you have to make the broth first because it's all about the broth. And
0: today we're making the broth. Hey, I'm all about the broth. (laughs) I'm all about that broth, about that broth, about (laughs) that broth. No (laughs) trouble.
1: That's a whole other issue.
0: You know, there's nothing more attractive than a 57 year old trying to rap. There really isn't anything more attractive than that. Have you seen The Polka King? <laughs> then you have seen an old I man la- trying oh my God, to rap. Last night we watched The Polka King on Netflix. That is just fabulous. <laughs> that, that Jack Black was hysterical. He was great. I and mean, it was. I, it was just hard to even fathom the level of unbounded optimism that he pre-evidenced in the face of horrible, <laughs> horrible adversity. Oh, it made my stomach hurt. And yet he was so cheerful the whole time. Oh, my God. Well, you're
1: going to be cheerful with this ramen yes, because am. this is not going to take days and days and hours and right. hours. We're making our ramen broth in our instant pot. Right. We could do it in any electric pressure cooker. And it's only going to take a couple of hours instead of a couple of days because... I've made ramen broth in the past. We've had ramen dinner parties. Yes, you did. The way you make ramen broth so good is you build up layers. Do you start with seaweed use kombu and that gives it we'll talk about that
0: in a minute okay well that gives it a, a numami flavor and then then you add chicken and you cook it and oh, then l- you oh excuse me when you made ramen broth what I remember most is that after the kombu went in the whole pig face it was didn't you use half a pig face for that well yeah but I did because that's what I counted as pork bones but okay um I mean we have a pig race first every year and you know when you come downstairs to our house and look in the freezer, sometimes it looks back at you. <laughs> so there are, there's usually a head in there that's been cut in half, and he used half the head for this. So ramen, and then you'd add chicken
1: parts, and then you'd... Have, but see, in the Instant Pot, you could throw everything in at once, and as long as it doesn't go over your max fill line, you're good.
0: Now, I just and want to say... all the
1: flavors will meld and
0: blend in just two hours, as opposed to doing them separately over the course of days. Now, I just want to say that we're making this in a six-quart electric pressure cooker we are using an instant pot you can use a fagor you can use a breville we're going to cook this thing on a certain setting that the instant pot has right on the we're soup using their soup setting. setting but we'll tell you how to do that in other machines too but um basically we're going to make this thing in 2 hours and it seems crazy and you think oh my gosh 2 hours isn't that that's hardly instant but honestly as bruce says compared to the days and days and days it takes to make ramen broth properly yep. and once you make this, you can strain it out and freeze it, and you will have this insane broth. The ramen noodles themselves, that's easy. You could buy those.
1: You could even buy, and we'll talk about it later, instant ramen noodles and have that with these soup. You don't have right. to have fancy hand-pulled ramen noodles. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So what we're putting in
0: this six-quart instant pot of ours... and. Let me say you can use an eight quart too. You can use an eight quart. And if, you, if any eight quart multicooker or any six quart multicooker, this will work. Yep. So we're putting in some kombu. It's in the kelp family. And
1: how do I mean? How do they harvest this stuff?
0: Like I don't just know. Just by cut hand. it, and little Japanese men do it by hand. <laughs> I don't know. They harvest it by driving it to the health food store. It, it's it's well, That's hard. how we harvest it's it. It's hard to find. Uh, kombu in normal supermarkets. You'll either need to look online for online suppliers, honestly. Amazon. You can freaking go to Amazon and get it, but you can also get it from local suppliers. But if you have a health food store, support them. I am sure that they will have kombu. Or large supermarkets like Whole Foods, large gourmet supermarkets like Whole Foods or Central Market in Texas. These will often have them too.
1: Kombu does something that no other seaweed does. It's like, it's not nori, those little toasted sheets that you wrap around sushi. No. um, And it's not wakame, the shredded dark black stuff. No, Uh, which is really strongly flavored. Yeah, kombu, like I said, it's from the kelp family. And when you boil it, it gives off not just a saltiness, but an umami that the Japanese put in dashi, in their broth. And no other seaweed will do that. So, you really, to get good ramen, you really should find. Okay, some kombu. so four
0: medium sized sheets of kombu. And then you want to put in a smoked ham hock. Um, listen, you can find these at any, this at any store that you look for.
1: Ivan Ramen, the guy that, that well, his name's not Ivan Ramen. The yeah. name of his store is Ivan Ramen, yeah, and his book New York is Zealand. Ivan Ramen. Um, He says when he makes his ramen broth that because it should have some smokiness, he puts a big slab of unsliced bacon in it right Um,
0: that's a good thing too but it's not easy to find so we decided that a smoked hock would work just as well right Uh, so you want that and you want a pound of chicken wings now let me say that you can also use chicken backs here you don't have to use wings and my suggestion is that you cut the wings into pieces just to give more surface area just so you get the most amount of bone exposed to the broth but you can use backs you can use necks Mm -hmm. you can use a combination of wings, backs, and necks when you if you buy whole chickens that are already pre-cut up, you can save these things all back. Don't use any of the innards like the gizzards. But backs, necks, feet, if you can wings. find them. It's hard to find feet outside of Asian markets in the United States, but if you can find feet. What about heads? Feet, can we put heads in it? You, sure. You know, we have a local farm. We have Whip World Farm in Salisbury, Connecticut, and I get five pound packages <laughs> of necks. And feet. Uh, Bruce gets huge packages of chicken feet from them. But it's hard to find these things. But again, just look for backs, wings. And if you can't find them in the counter, because these are not the parts of the chicken that go very well, just ask the butcher. I bet you 10 bucks he's got some back there. He probably will. And then you can also ask him while you're doing that for some pork
1: bones. And when I say pork bones, I mean things that he's trimmed out of pork shoulders when he's cutting up stew meat. Um, He may have cut them out of a ham, a fresh ham. Um, And if he doesn't have any then ask him for a pound of bone in pork shoulder chops and take the boniest ones he has because you want bones. You want a pound of pork bones and a
0: pound of chicken bony pieces. A pound of bony chicken pieces, a pound of pork bones... And or if you can't find them, then a pound of bone-in pork shoulder chops. Don't use loin chops. <laughs> These are not expensive stuff. Don't use loin chops or what you would make for pork chops. And then those four sheets. And then after that, we're going to put in 10 scallions. You want to trim the waggly edges off the bottom of them and then cut them up into, you know, two-inch chunks. Into, yep. into fairly large chunks. So. We want a
1: nice big chunk
0: of ginger about the size
1: of two of my thumbs. There's probably three <laughs> of most people's <laughs> thumbs. I have gigantic. I, like the Donald, have big Hands. So,
0: (laughs) and you're going to slice the ginger (laughs) into thin discs. Oh, my God. So anyway, yeah, you want that ginger about the size of two or three thumbs together that have been put together. And as Bruce says, you want to slice it into rings. And if the skin is papery, you need to take that skin off. Take that skin off to avoid a kind of bitter aftertaste. But if the skin is super wet and moist and supple, you can just actually just slice the ginger up as it is.
1: And you know you could peel that skin off with a spoon. You don't need to peel it. You just rub a spoon on it and it'll come right off. We're going to put in a quarter cup of soy sauce. You use regular or low sodium it's that really it doesn't seems matter.
0: like regular is the best but and two tablespoons of mirin why don't it, you explain what that mirin is mirin is a sweetened japanese cooking wine but before we get to that before we get to mirin a rice wine let, let's let me say about soy sauce most people don't know that so- all soy sauce is not created equal Right? Oh gosh. No bomb well, well, uh, most Americans don't know this. They go to the store and they buy the brand that's on the shelf. But honestly, not all soy sauce is created equal. Why don't you talk about what you use? Um, I like
1: Pearl River brand. That's you know, a Chinese brand I get at the Chinese market. I also You can like... also order
0: that online. You Pearl can. River is around.
1: I have a Japanese soy sauce that I've been using recently in these broths and in these soups. It's crazy. Quite honestly, I can't tell you the name of it because it's only written in Japanese. <laughs> and there's nothing English <laughs> oh, on it. Excellent. But we were out at Dong <laughs> Market in West Hartford. And I went to the Japanese aisle looking for soy sauce. And I po- picked the only bottle that had no English on it and quite honestly it's spectacular Well,
0: (laughs) maybe we'll take a picture of that bottle and we'll put it up on our website with this recipe we'll put it up on brucemr.com and and you can see the bottle but honestly you could just google Japanese I mean google you can yeah well google Japanese soy sauce or or look at you're going to get but okay go beyond (laughs) that and look at all kinds of soy sauces and you'll find that there are these Japanese varieties that are super umami in flavor they're not Mm -hmm. just salty they have this super uh, umami Bruce used this very soy sauce just to saute some kale with garlic in sesame oil the other night, and I swear to God, it turned the whole thing into seaweed salad. If you've been to a sushi restaurant and you like seaweed salad, I swear to God, this kale in the sesame, saw, sesame oil, garlic, and this Japanese soy sauce—it tasted like seaweed salad. Well, we're having that again tonight with the steak. It's—it was—it was, it was <laughs> super delicious.
1: We once went to a sushi restaurant in Southern New Jersey on our way to Pennsylvania. I don't remember going either a QVC or we were going you're, somewhere. You're
0: just singularly not helpful today.
1: And this woman who ran this <laughs> sushi restaurant, she was obsessed with Yoko Ono and John Lennon to start with because the whole restaurant was covered in John and Yoko things. <laughs> but was. she made her own soy sauce. She did.
0: And now, see, we can't this is why you're unhelpful. You can't tell us where this restaurant is. Cherry Hill or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, something. I don't know. Just go down the New Jersey Turn and look for a woman brewing soy sauce <laughs> and you'll find it. Okay, two tablespoons of mirin, which is that sweet and Japanese rice wine mirin. M-I-R And you can find that in almost any supermarket at this point. In the Asian aisle or, oh, as we saw the other day, the ethnic aisle. Oh, Oh, good God. (laughs) And then you want to put in 10 cups of water. And this is a little bit dicey. We're going to say about 10 cups because what you want to do is put in 10 cups of water or... Pay attention to the max fill line in your electric cooker, your Instant Pot, your Vagor, whatever you have. Pay attention to that electric fill line, uh, max fill line, and only go to that level. Only get there.
1: If you're using an
0: eight-quart...
1: 10 cups of water will not take you to no. there. So my suggestion is stop at 10 cups. If you put more, you'll get more broth, but it will be diluted a little bit a little this, bit more. 10 diluted. cups
0: of water is the perfect amount for this amount of bones and stuff. Okay, so everything's in here. really it's, there's nothing more to this. I'm gonna put the lid on the pot okay and then I'm gonna we're gonna set this thing on the instant pot on the soup setting for two hours. Why don't you talk about this? Now that?
1: the soup setting will take you instantly to high pressure. And if on the Instant Pot, you have your choice always, of course, of low, medium, high, or less, normal, or more, depending upon which models you have. Right. Um, those buttons will change the timing for you, but they won't change the pressure. The pressure stays at high. So make sure you're going to set it for two hours because I think it starts the first time I pushed the. A more button, it
0: went to four hours, so I had ah. to turn it down to two hours. Ah, okay. So the, uh, what what basically we're saying here is this needs to cook on high for two hours, basically.
1: And then we're gonna when it comes to the done with two hours, we're gonna let it do a natural release. We're gonna just turn it off. Um, now I'm on the instant pots. You have a, the opportunity to set it for keep warm or not. So if you say not, it'll shut itself off and it'll start a natural cool down. If your machine Automatically goes to keep warm. It won't start to cool down, so you're going to have to unplug right. it at
0: the two right. hours. Some of the figures automatically just jump to keep warm when they drop enough pressure. So, in my opinion, all it's always good just to unplug it from the wall. And if you unplug it from the wall, you're going to a natural release no matter what the machine <laughs> says because the thing's now going to come back down to pressure. So, and that remember, this is going to have cooked for two hours, and that natural release is going to take a long. It took time almost an hour the first time I did it. Right. So we'll see how long it takes this. So So this is not fast. We're talking, I mean, it was fast to gather all these ingredients at the supermarket and out of the pantry, but then, you know, it's going to take us 15, 20 minutes to get up to high pressure. It's going to, we're going to be up there for two hours and then it's going to take an hour to come back down. So it's not fast, but it's faster than the pig head, chicken feet, (laughs) kombu, 500 year process that it generally takes to make ramen broth. So we'll be back in about three hours. The house smells like Tokyo. Oh, oh. (laughs) This is said by the guy who's never been to Tokyo. Okay, the house smells like what I hope Tokyo (laughs) smells like. Tokyo smells like bus fumes. (laughs) Tokyo smells like cars and buses. That's what Tokyo... uh, What the hell? Um, The funny thing is, the house didn't smell like anything while it was cooking because everything
1: stays inside the pressure cooker. Um, But once we opened it up... it was like filled the house instantly and you know we have a dog we have a 90 pound collie his head went in the air started rubbing himself like all over the walls he went insane with the
0: smell of it. since we already talked about a Netflix show um, the Polka King I also want to say that if you're going to Go to the trouble of making ramen broth by yourself, for yourself and for your family, and on your own. If you're gonna to go to the trouble, check out the Netflix show Midnight Diner, which is a Japanese show, right, set in a small, small restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's Midnight Diner Tokyo stories because they there's a Midnight Diner in many countries. I believe there's oh. there's a Korean version I and only a Vietnamese know the Tokyo version. version, and it's great. It's like there's a cast of eight or nine characters that are always in this little diner. And and this guy
0: only opens at midnight, right? And he he makes whatever you want if he has the ingredients for it. Right. And so people come in and they ask for their child the whole premise of the story is people come in and they have various things going on in their life and they ask for something that was very comforting from their childhood, some dish, some Japanese dish that they had when they were kids that they loved, and he ends up making it, which then launches them into the entire story of how they came to this dish and where this dish got to in their life and all that it's a fabulous little story. And it the first couple of episodes may take you to get the time to get into, but check it out Midnight Diner Tokyo stories. But Okay, so now we've got our own Tokyo story.
1: So we opened it. I strained everything through a colander into a big bowl to get rid of the solids. I defatted it. And now we have this amazing broth, which... How did you defat all this? um, I poured it into my OXO fat separator in about four... Batches. I was going to say,
0: yeah, this has to go in multiple batches. The other the
1: thing you could do is separate. put this whole bowl in the refrigerator overnight
0: and let the fat solidify and just pull it off in one sheet. You can. But we didn't do that today. But no. you can. And and um, we should say that this isn't traditionally – this ramen broth is fine right now. And I mean it's fine. You can drop – baby kale and purchased ramen noodles and that kind of thing in it when you heat it up and it'll be delicious. Drop a little uh, a little piece of, I don't know what, some kind of meat into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, traditionally they would give you some roast pork or pork
1: belly. Right. Um, you could, any leftover meat you have in the house would work with the noodles. They
0: always almost take a soft boiled egg, cut in half and put that in. Yeah. You can do any of that or you can literally like we did the other night, drink it on its own. The first time he made this. out of we, a mug we literally had it for dinner out of a mug but um in it's fine on its own. but there is a little a little addition that can be made to it
1: almost so. all japanese restaurants and ramen restaurants will add something to the bowl of flavoring it's called tare t-a-r-e tare um, and it's usually just Dere. either a soy or sake or mirin or a salty or even sometimes a miso or fermented soy base Um, But because we wanted to make this easier, since we're using the Instant Pot and an electric pressure cooker, we put the soy and the mirin right into the broth up front, let it cook in and develop part
0: of the flavor. So we're building that tare right into the soup. Yeah, we are. Now, again, as Bruce said, you could... Just swirl a little miso in it, or you could swirl a little more ramen or soy sauce, but honestly, we've taken care of that at this stage, and it's all been strained. And i actually
1: poured a little into two little teacups, and we're... Oh. Mm. It's... Dope. It's so umami. Oh, it's my It's so meaty, and there's a little smokiness. It is it is definitely smoky. it's rich,
0: smoky. and it's salty, but not too salty. It's definitely salty. I'm gonna, Even without noodles. I know, but I'm going to correct and say I think it's definitely smoky, and it's definitely salty. Oh. But that uh, that doesn't bother me in the slightest bit. And we're just drinking it straight. Yeah, if
1: you put noodles in it, the noodles will help absorb some of that saltiness. Yeah. Um, and if you put like mm. kale
0: or greens in it, they'll also oh my God. balance some of the saltiness. Honestly, you could buy some sliced shiitakes, some ba- a bag of baby kale, and some ramen noodles. And some bean sprouts.
1: Put them in a bowl. Yeah. Pour the boiling broth over. Yeah. And you're good to go in
0: like three minutes. You are. Otherwise, my suggestion is to take this into one quart containers and freeze it. And keep it back for when you're ready. Keep it back for when you get that flu this winter. Or keep it back for when you get sick this winter with that cold or that ridiculous flu that everybody seems to have for like 500 years. Get get Have this around the house because honestly, this will cure what ails you.
1: To hear us cook through more
0: recipes every week, Check out Cooking with Bruce and Mark wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure that you check out this recipe on our website, bruceandmark.com, where you can find all the recipes from the podcast, as well as apparently pictures of a Japanese bottle of soy sauce that is unreadable by us Westerners, but so what. And while you're there, think about also checking us out on social media. We're there in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under our own names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough. Each of us have our own account. Connect with us. We would love to talk to you and hear from you.